Hi, Greg. I'm Rob's assistant partner, oh, yeah, by part the way. <laughs> He's a teenager we need to reach. I'm 21. <laughs> Dude, I'm just kidding. Welcome to Enjoying the Journey. I'm Rob, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Here in Iowa, we are welcoming some much-needed rain. Something else that seems to be needed around here is rest. I'll be honest, I'm not great at it. Actually, I just heard my wife tell a friend yesterday that I actually suck at it. And she's right. How about you? Are you needing some rest? I don't know what rest looks like for you, but I do know this. The more I talk to people, the more they tell me, don't put it off. They say take the time to take a break. Otherwise, your tank will eventually run out. And when your tank runs out, there's nothing left to put out. So on a rainy day, what better way to take a break than to listen to what God has been doing through Greg Steer and Dare to Share Ministries. They've been inspiring teens for decades to share their faith with their peers. God has used Greg in mighty ways, and I was so blessed to be able to sit down with him today. You know, I hope this conversation adds a little rest in your day, but also adds a little more joy in your journey. So excited today. We've got a special guest. Actually, the first time I, I really get a chat with him in person, uh, Mr. Greg Steer with Dare to Share Ministry. So excited. I've been actually a part of your organization without you knowing it for years by coming to youth pastor, even though I'm not a youth pastor, coming to your dinners at a very cool golf course in Lincoln before there used to be this big Dare to Share live conference. And so, yeah, have known about you, been around, and just so excited to sit down and get a chat with you and hear your heart today. So if you wouldn't mind, if nobody's ever heard of Dare to Share or Greg Steer, can you give us a little background? Yeah, so um, thank you for letting me on your podcast. And uh, yeah, I was raised in Denver, North Denver, uh, in the city, never knew my biological father. Um, my family was kind of a crime family. I mean, they're not organized crime, but disorganized crime. And uh, the organized crime in our city nicknamed my uncles the crazy brothers. So when the mafia thinks your family is dysfunctional, that's not good. And <laughs> they were dysfunctional. They were broken, violent, a lot of violence I saw as a kid growing up. And so, you know, really uh, scared. I was just a scared little kid uh, in North Denver, scared of my neighbors, scared of my family. Uh, not not knowing who my dad was, um, mom was filled with a lot of shame and a lot of anger, and you know she almost aborted me um, wow. because she drove from Denver to Boston to have an illegal abortion. She just I was not a planned pregnancy; I was a, a result of a party. And uh, so anyway, this hick preacher, hillbilly preacher, nicknamed Yankee. <laughs> From the deep south, sounds totally made up. Right. On a dare, he reached my toughest uncle, my uncle Jack, with the gospel. And Uncle Jack had never heard the gospel before. And Yankee explained it to him. Now Jack had been in and out of jail mm. for his whole life, once for choking two cops unconscious at the same time. We were trying to arrest him on assault charges. Oh, no. So never hear the gospel before and yankee said does that make sense and my uncle jack talked like this he goes hell yeah <laughs> that was his sinner's prayer he trusted christ and it just was like 
steroid-filled dominoes that fell on my family. My uncles are all just ended up coming to Christ, went to Yankees church. We got trained. I was a teenager. I got equipped to share my faith. And uh, the first one on my list was my mom. So I went back and started sharing Christ with her. You know, she's the only sister, and there's these five street fighting, bodybuilding brothers that one by one were getting picked off by Christ. And uh, I started sharing Christ with her and it took three years. Hmm. She finally put her faith in Christ. So, you know, I, I discipled my mom. It's so funny when I, I spoke at D6 once, uh, you know, the family intergenerational. I was like, what do you do with somebody like me? I led my mom to Christ and discipled her. <laughs> you know, this intergenerational is a different meeting in my family. Uh, um, but uh, Yankee, trained us. He treated us like adults. I was learning systematic theology and um, doing evangelism and apologetics and having a hundred foot banana split nights. So I was t- we were typical in some ways, but we, it was very deep and wide, deep into the word, wide into the world. And that's where Dare to Share came from, that whole mindset. I was like, oh, we can do this. We don't have to wait till we're adults. And Yankee had 800 kids in his youth ministry at one point, only 300 adults in the church. Wow. Because he believed in the potential of teens. Like teens come to Christ quicker. They spread the gospel faster. So why are we wasting so much time on adults? Adults (laughs) fund it, coach it, and get the heck out of the teens' ways. And that was youth ministry to me growing up. And so the whole heart behind Dare to Share came from when I was 15, I went to Yankee and I said, Yankee, why don't we train these other churches how to do this? You know, we can only sit so many. I mean, our fire code is 500. We're sitting 800 in the in the auditorium. I had to move all the pews out, uh, the uh, chairs out of the church to so kids could sit down and we could cram them in. And he wasn't, he didn't want to do that. So I did. I got on the phone, started calling other churches when I was 15, got a hold of a guy named Clay Stone, who was a youth pastor at Community Baptist Church. And I said, hey, have you heard of this youth ministry? Because everybody's heard of it. It's the probably the largest church, youth group in America at the time. Mm. And uh, I was like, well, the thing that made us grow is evangelism, teens reaching teens. Uh, can I come train your youth group? He didn't know me from Adam. He's like, what are you doing this Wednesday night? I go, I'm riding my bike to your youth group. <laughs> so I rode my bike to the youth group. I trained them all how to share the gospel. We went out and did it. And I've, I've been riding my bike in a sense ever since. That's what Dare to Share is. Let's just go. Planes, trains, automobiles, bikes, skateboards. Let's just go. Let's train them all. Let's mobilize a generation. Wow. Wow. How old is Dare, Dare to Share as an organization? organization? So yeah. uh, 30 years this year. Really? 30 years. Wow. That's that's amazing. Like super old. Like, let me tell you something. <laughs> well, you, you talk about old and, and we'll get back to Dare to Share here in a minute. But we were talking earlier before we jumped on this, how somebody that we love that was near and dear in evangelism passed away uh luis palau who who has passed away and the way that they set the tone for young evangelists whether it was billy or luis it's almost as an an era has come to an end yeah i i call luis the last of the great evangelists i mean there was that era of evangelists that were just ogs legit you know you billy Grahams and luis palau he, uh, some of his last words, they sent out a letter. He, 
He said, here's my final words to you. Mm. Never let the fire of evangelism fade. Stand strong for the gospel. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, he's great. Great evangelist. And, and that ministry is, what's so great about it is they've built it around not a personality, but a vision. Yeah. And the Louis Palau organization is going to keep going because they've, they've motivated, inspired, equipped, and trained a next generation of evangelists. Yep. And obviously Andrew Palau is, is a, a great evangelist. And, uh, you know, Kevin Palau is the air traffic controller of yes. movements. So they have a great team over there. But boy, Luis Palau, you know, it says in Second Peter 1, out of your faith, goodness, goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control. If all these things are in you and abounding, they'll keep you from being ineffective, unproductive in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you, and it says, and you will receive a rich welcome into the kingdom of, of Christ. Mm-hmm. I would imagine this standing O. <laughs> it's all heaven stopping and just, boom, you know, clapping. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Every time I heard Luis talk, and, and of course, I knew him in his later years. I met him in Omaha when they did the outreach in Omaha. So you're talking 10, 15, 20 years ago. And then had opportunities. We're a part of the Next Generation Alliance where he's trained up evangelists. And to hear him speak, oh, he was always just fiery, yeah, passionate, and always standing up for the evangelist and then always talking about when he gets to see his his Lord and Savior. Yeah, just such a good, you know, in a world where like a lot of our spiritual icons are flaming out and, you know, falling morally and just horrific train wreck endings. Boy, it's nice to see somebody cross the finish line. Yeah. It's like as a, you know, I fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. What an example to not just evangelists, but to youth leaders, to teenagers, to every Christian everywhere. Like, let's finish well. You know, let's hear well done, my good and faithful servant. And like you said, he went all the way to the end. He left a message while he was about ready to pass. He just yeah. never tired of sharing the gospel. Yep. Amen. It was awesome. awesome. And you have that same passion. You're just a lot younger. So you got plenty of years ahead of you to continue to (laughs) tell the fiery uh, gospel message to so many. And talking about Dare to Share, I have loved Dare to Share ever since I came across it. And used to do these amazing youth conferences. I used to take youth down to Lincoln, Nebraska to this pair. Was it? How do you say? Pershing. Yes, Pershing. The ugliest arena in the history of arenas. <laughs> yeah. So what what was that? What was that like uh, doing live events? How long did you do them? And then let's talk about transitioning kind of out of those conferences. Yeah, I mean, from square one, we were doing live events. I mean, we had you know a hundred teens at our first major conference, right? Got it. Uh, and it grew over the years to thousands and thousands and thousands of teens um, attending. Loved it. I love the Dare to Share conferences, two-day events. We did them for 25 years. Wow. So Friday night and, and all day Saturday. Yep. What made Dare to Share unique is we did high inspiration on Friday night. We did those dramas that would yeah. really, that did one called Letters from Hell. Like if you had a friend that died and went to hell and wrote you a letter back, what would they say? And and you hear this letter, read, and then at the very end, the the 
the guy wakes up and realizes it was a dream because we didn't want to have to counsel kids forward to your therapist. Uh, Welcome to dare to share. Um, But, uh, and then Saturday train equip to share the gospel. And then we go out and do it and come back and celebrate and share stories. So it's so good. Um, Pershing arena, you know, used to fill that thing up, but I said, you know, the Pershing arena is so ugly, but every (laughs) venue is beautiful when it's filled with teens. Yeah. And that needs to just get jam packed, get all those corn huskers hepped up on Mountain Dew and corn dogs. And man, they'd be more, you know, come on, you know. Oh, it was an energy packed uh, arena. There's no doubt. So yeah, it was great. We did those for 25 years, had a different theme every year. Um, what, what I began to realize though, God really put a vision of every teen everywhere hearing the gospel from a friend. And I tried for 25 years to get that vision accomplished and realized we can't do it through a two-day event. It doesn't matter how big the arena is Hmm. because it takes so much bandwidth and you have a limited number of teens that you can train that way. Right. And people say, well, just simulcast your conference. I'm like, no, if if you can... You can build, you can simulcast your event mm-hmm. or you can build a simulcast event and they're two different things. Right. So we had to, five years ago, we had to kill the conferences and it wasn't because they weren't working. It was because they weren't accomplishing the biggest vision of every teen everywhere. So just about a mile from here up the street, we did our last conference. Uh-huh. And I remember that feeling at the end, it still chokes me up. Mm-hmm. And this is the end of an era. Right. We Six months later, we did Dare to Share Live, mm-hmm. which is a simulcast event. That is a one day, seven hour event that kids are trained, equipped and mobilized to share the gospel. Um, it's just different. It's not people like, well, I missed it. Mean, it's just different. I don't think you can, in some ways you can't compete with a Dare to Share conference. No, but in other ways, the conference couldn't compete with this because now we're able to be in hundreds of cities across the nation simultaneously. And teens in New York City can talk to teens in San Diego who are doing the same outreach at the same time, using the same hashtag and feeling the fire of revival. Mm. So and this year we're looking at expanding it to some other nations as well. And so I feel like the, because we were willing to kill that conference, which was hard to do because nobody loved to dare to share conferences more than me. Nobody. I believe it. I remember I was in St. Louis. Cause I, I mean, I co-wrote the dramas, the, I mean, the skits, the notebook. I mean, it was like, it was like my baby, you know, right. I remember I was in St. Louis and I was making the announcement and this guy, this youth pastor in the youth pastor session goes, I go there. Any question? Because why are you why are you saying goodbye to these events? Because I love these conferences. And I said, do you think you like them, love them more than me? Because you don't. No, no, you don't. I, I love these events. I said, but you know what I love more? Every teen everywhere hearing the gospel from a friend. And the only way this is going to be able to get done is if you guys stand stand with us to choose what you love more. And they're like, I mean, there's a whole group stood up, hundreds of you know. <laughs> So it's been it's been really cool. It's not you know been without challenges, but 
it worked. I mean, it the transition has been made, and now we got to scale it. You know, I'm, and I want it. I want it brought to your community. Yeah. I want you know, and Jonathan Myers in you know, Des Moines. I want it. You know, we want it, you know, in in every community, not not because of Dare to Share Live, uh, an event, but because of a movement and creating gospel advancing networks of youth leaders that are conspiring together throughout the year. And this is just a staging point for revival and transformation. And so, yeah, it's going to be November 13th, uh, 2021. Um, and it's a free event and you, you got to have internet adult leaders to coordinate, coordinate it, and then be willing to do the outreach. It's not a watch party. It's a do party. Yeah. And, and just go to dare to share live.org dare the number two dare to share live.org and we'd love to invite everyone to the party absolutely absolutely and saying goodbye is tough uh, i can only imagine what what that was like but that's the thing about your passion and your heart is the the vision is grander and so to say goodbye to something good so that something great or more impactful can happen is is huge. I know it's you. I know you also wrote a book, uh, Gospelize. Yeah. Reading. Tell us what what that means. That you didn't just make that word up. I didn't make the word up. You know, <laughs> I was, I'm a nerd kind of. Um, not kind of. I mean, anybody who's got a Spurgeon app on their phone and listens <laughs> when they work out or shovel snow. Yeah. Which, by the way, we could get up to three feet in Denver tomorrow. That's what I heard. Yeah, it's like what three feet? That sounds horrible. Oh, I'm so glad I have a a, a strapping young teenager at at home ready to help out with the shoveling. Anyway, um, yeah. How old is your your teenage? He just turned, he just turned twenty, so he's not oh. a teenager anymore. Oh yeah, he just he's. I've got an eighteen year old. Yeah. And sometimes the motivation to get him out there to scoop or run the snowblower. Takes mama yelling. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, just on light, just enough to make him drool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So uh, I was working out and that Spurgeon was preaching on something. He used the word gospel eyes. Hmm. Like I-Z-E, gospel eyes. And I'm like, what is that? And I looked it up. It was the old English word for evangelize. Yeah. And I thought, man, that just sounds really cool. And so um, we, I wrote a book called Gospelize Your Youth Ministry, not because the words sounded really cool, but because um, we did a massive research project and found seven values in every youth ministry that was seeing 25% new conversion growth per year or more. Wow. Cross-checked it with the book of Acts. It's all over the book. Of, these seven values are all over the book of Acts. Cross-checked it with youth ministry in general. It's not very, it's not around a lot these values and so we're trying to get youth leaders to add this these values into their youth ministry and put a higher value on intercessory prayer for the lost okay. put a higher value on relational evangelism teens reaching their own friends put a higher value on leaders modeling what that looks like mm. a higher value on disciple multiplication and um just not in the youth ministry box is often about programs and games and well, let's do a lesson and we'll teach them about apologetics or about this or that i'm like man we got to get teens on mission sure. and then they'll learn the apologetics and the theology and all that so gospel is actually uh, now it's available as a free download on our website so 
if people go to dare to share.org, the number two, dare to share.org, go to the resource section, you can download it. And if you just go through dare to share.org, the website, like from page one, it walks you through what it looks like to build a gospel advancing. We have training videos and they're short and simple to understand. And, and I, I encourage people to check, just spend 30 minutes on dare to share.org, spend 15 minutes on it and just walk through it and see, see how it can help. Cause it's all based, it's all rooted in scripture. We're, we're not bright enough to come up with our own stuff. So we just rip it from scripture. You know, you always say that, but I'm starting to think the more I read about your stuff, you're, you're a lot brighter than what you, what you give yourself uh, credit for. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah. You know what we are? I'll tell you what we are. We're learners. Ah. American soldier in world war one was considered the worst soldier at the beginning of World War I, by the end, they were considered the best. It's because they learned. Right. Improvise, adapt, and overcome. And 30 years of doing this, we've learned a lot through mistakes and through, you know, just looking at, you know, listening to people and, you know, going through scripture and talking to youth leaders. Uh, by God's grace, we've learned. You have. And you've done some very innovative things, too. We went through as a youth group. We were, uh, my wife and I were youth called leaders right yeah church or whatever we went through the maui project that you put mm -hmm. out with uh, students and not everybody believed the same thing i think there were they were all over the board if i remember right gospel journey maui took a mormon muslim buddhist jewish guy girl that thought god was a black woman to bake cookies zane <laughs> yeah zane was in there angelical bro yeah um and uh yeah, I had spiritual conversations for a week. You know, I did that for a couple of reasons. One is an outreach tool for youth groups, yep. a training tool for youth leaders, but also there was a lot of thought back then with the emergent movement that the gospel doesn't work in a postmodern culture, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to just get a bunch of 20-somethings from Craigslist, take them to Maui, have spiritual conversations and see what happens. Yeah. It was powerful. It was really powerful. Yeah. Praise God. So I, you know, I showed my kids not too long ago because I said, man, I don't think I ever took them through. So I they're like, they were like, dad, this is really good. I'm like, why do you sound so surprised? <laughs> <laughs> kids always, always keep us humble, right? I'm shocked. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, doing this 30 years, obviously, some people say culture changes. Some people say it doesn't. What, what do you see as the most challenging thing in youth ministry over the last even just five years? You know, I think there's been um, there's a certain apathy that's there um, in, in, in a lot of youth groups when it comes to evangelism. I think it's it's what I call the veneer of success that there's enough kids to make it feel like it's rocking and it's contentment. Matter of fact, I did a blog called the biggest threat to youth ministry is contentment. Not the good kind of contentment where Paul says, I'm content in whatever circumstances, sure. but the bad kind of contentment. We have, we have enough kids. We have enough budget. We have enough leaders. We have enough momentum and we don't, we don't. We need to look at the number of teens in our city and compare it to the number of teens in our youth group and every youth group in our community and look at that difference and say, it ain't done 
till that we close the gap on that number. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just a blase contentment. And I feel like not in everybody, there's obviously there's a remnant of youth, youth leaders that are just passionate about the gospel, passionate about outreach. And I think most youth leaders down deep inside want to do that. Yeah. Um, but the system of youth ministry is built for just have some games, do a lesson, go to camp, do a winter retreat, repeat, repeat, repeat. And we're seeing enough change to satisfy, can make us content, but we're, I think we need some holy discontentment. I think it's time we need some youth leaders to rise up and say, no, it's not enough. Paul said in Colossians 1.28, we proclaim him admonishing everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. He wasn't done until every person was saved and sanctified. Right. I mean, that was his goal. And uh, wasn't a smart goal in the sense of specific, measurable, achievable, realistic. Right. Right. But in the words of my friend, uh, Mark Matlock, it's, it was a BAG, you know, big, hairy, audacious goal. And yeah. And the, those organizations that have BAGs accelerate yeah. compared to those that just have smart, achievable goals. Right. So I think we need to get unrealistic. Yeah. And go and make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. So I just encourage every youth leader, man. I mean, dare to share what we will do. It is we'll give you a catalytic event that will mobilize your teens. We do summer deeper level stuff called Lead the Cause, but Dare to Share Live will get your kids jacked, get them excited. Yeah, we will provide curriculum. We I do a um, we do we're digitizing all of our curriculum, and we're going to give it away for free. As a matter of fact, it's on Life Church's open network. If you just go on there and up uh, Dare to Share, that's some of the curriculum we're digitizing and giving away for free. And our goal is to digitize it all and give it all away for free. We'll provide a life in six words face sharing app. It's free. Uh, it's there's n- no other evangelism, teen to teen evangelism app. It's even close, uh, or adult for that matter. I use it all the time. Life in six words. It'll give your students the tools. We we will take away every excuse, and remove every barrier we can, so that you're left with the only que- the only question is, do I really care about lost teens? Mm. So. And I know you, I know every youth leader listening to this does down deep inside. You just got to scrape off the scrape off the remains of the last last pizza party and the you know last fifteen minute session lesson, and let's do this thing. Let's go. Yes, and that's what Dare to Share has always been about. And your next calling, if you're not doing this, will be a head coach of a football team <laughs> running, <laughs> out, running out of the. Well, yeah, this is the only thing I know. <laughs> we talk a lot about enjoying the journey, being on a journey. I know you've been on a journey for 30 years. I, I've heard your story many times. I love, I know it's tough. I, I know you you share it with humor from your uncles being these burly guys that, that were disorganized crime to leading people to Christ, which led you, which helped inspire Dare to Share. And so we talk about a journey. You've been on one for 30 years, and, and we always like to ask you know, if you could have anybody with you right now on the journey, who would it be? You know, I mean, quite honestly, I have a lot of great people with me on this journey. I mean, we, our staff at Dare to Share, I just love. And I have some really great friends. Zane from the yeah. Gospel Journey, you yep. know, he's been one of my best friends for the last, since I met him. 
I'm, I mean, we, we do life together. Um, you know, I mean, you got to say Jesus. You have to say <laughs> Jesus. Man, I want to hang with the Apostle Paul. Ooh, that is, yeah, that's cool. He got some scars, probably all, you know, walking around with a limp from all the beatings and stuff. Right. And uh, I just like to, I'd like to roll, I'd like to roll into a, into a shopping mall with him and just see, you know, all right, let's, let's share, share the gospel here. <laughs> you go that side, I'll go that side and meet you in the middle. You know, I just, I love, I love everything about the Apostle Paul. The other one would be, I like D.L. Moody too. Mm. Uh, cause he was, you know, you got Spurgeons that are eloquent and you got Moody. There's a little bit more of a blue collar kind of background. And I'm a, I, even though gospel eyes came from Spurgeon, I'm probably wired a little bit more like Moody common man with a, you know, uncommon passion for the gospel. So nice. Yeah. That'd be Very nice. That yeah. I, I could see you tearing some things up with both those guys. Come on, let's go. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be crazy. The apostle Paul. That yeah, who it'd be it'd be fun and very uncomfortable all at the same time for a while. Well, and you know we say this all the time at Dare to Share. Awkward is awesome, so it would be like awkward town. Yeah, <laughs> up to everybody, you know. Uh, but like you said, it started awkward. You had a Yankee a guy nicknamed Yankee sharing the gospel and and bringing you forward. So that's uh, that's crazy how that all uh, all comes know. together. This is just maybe audio, but there's a, I keep a picture of Yankee. Oh, that's him. That's him. Yeah, we only have the audio, but hold that up. I'll take a, I'll take a still of it. And we'll oh, make... I'll give you another one too. Okay. So, awesome. I'll give you, uh, my uncle Jack and Yankee. Yeah. So my uncle Jack, my uncle Jack is the first one he led to Christ. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, those well, are no small. Just no, I'm not, just no, I'm not exaggerating when I tell my. <laughs> he only weighs 185 in that picture. Jeepers. I know. Wow, that's that's a rock star. Well, we appreciate your time so much. We appreciate what you do for teenagers. We appreciate what you do for the gospel and just being willing to continue to go out there and share and, like you said, reach lost kids, and inspire them to to continue to reach their friends. We know there is a as you said, a big gap. Yep. And uh, that gap needs to close. And so we just appreciate your time so much. We appreciate hearing more of your journey and we hope others are blessed and uh, find a little more joy in their journey as well. Amen. Let me pray for you. Youth leaders are listening. All right. Father, every leader listening right now, fill them with your spirit. Give them that passion to reach every teen everywhere in every way for your glory. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Do you care if I pray for Dare to Share then? Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for Greg and for his team and for his passion. And God, we thank you for this uh, Dare to Share Live coming up November 13. Every team, everywhere. God, it's not just a slogan. It's a heartbeat. It is a calling. It is a mission. God, raise up others to get excited and inspired by it so that every team, everywhere, will share the gospel. Lord, so that the gap closes. And Lord, on another note, we just lift up the plow team. We lift up the plow family. We lift up all those that have been touched by Luis that uh, just be with them. God, it's a, it's a beautiful day and a hard day all at the same time. The beautiful part is that we know Luis walked into your glory. 
And as Greg shared earlier, it was probably a standing ovation. But back here on earth, we know that the family is hurting because, uh, not because they question where Luis is at, just because now he's, he's not here. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for his ministry. We thank you for his passion. We thank you for his heart. We lift all of them up to you, into your arms, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Enjoying the Journey podcast, brought to you by Rise Ministries. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and to follow Rise Ministries on any of our social media channels. Thanks for listening.